This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Rosenberg, and this is episode 68. So today we have a guest who is an entrepreneur and hustler who writes, but in a different way than me. So I don't get into it too much on the show, but my primary income comes from freelance writing. That was something that emerged out of my blog. So when I started my blog, I didn't realize at the same time I was writing my resume for a new career as a freelance writer. But there's other writing routes you can take that don't have anything to do with writing articles on the internet. And one of those options is writing books. And that's what our guest today does. And I've always been interested in the world of writing books. I do have one short ebook available. Uh, It's on Amazon. So if you have a Kindle, you can download it for free, even if you have Amazon Prime or for, I think it's $3 right now in the Kindle store. Or you can get it at at my website at personalprofitability.com in PDF format. But I'm working on book number two right now, titled Personal Profitability. I've been working on it for a while, and it's slow progress. So I need to uh, give myself a kick in the butt to get it finished up. But today's guest has been much more productive than me in the book writing world and has finished multiple. And I am excited to bring to you, you know, his tips, tricks, and ideas for how you can get started in following in that same path. Because, you know, if you have... a laptop or a desktop computer and an internet connection you can do this too it doesn't take any special skill beyond being able to you know read and write in your language and since you can already listen to english you're already part way there (laughs) you just have to uh, you know work through some of the the technical stuff the grammar and whatnot but the rest of it we can learn from dave so that's what we're about to do after this quick message it used to be that when i wanted to review all of my personal finances i had to log into websites from different banks investment companies lenders credit card companies all sorts of financial institutions to see a complete picture of my finances but that's not a problem anymore thanks to personal capital with personal capital i can log in and in one handy dashboard i can view all of my banks credit cards investments and every other account in one place plus it gives me insights into how i earn money and how i spend each month so i can optimize my income and cash flows to best suit the needs of my family but there's more there's some great free tools like the 401k and mutual fund analysis tool that I use to save $300 every year on mutual fund fees. And that's money back in my pocket. Now, the best part is most of these tools are totally free. You can sign up for personal capital with no charge and only pay if you decide you want to work with a professional financial advisor to help manage your money. But if you want to do it yourself, you can sign up for free and use all of these great tools. To get started, head to personalprofitability.com slash personal capital. That's personalprofitability.com slash personal capital. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now I have on the line Dave Chesson, who has a very interesting story and has even um, been featured on a couple high-profile podcasts I've mentioned on the show before, like Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income. So say hello, Dave, and welcome to the show. Hey, Erica. Thank you so much for having me, and it's really good to be here. It's great to have you. So tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into hustling and your self-employed online income? Sure. Well, I was in the military and 
the I just got my new set of orders and they were sending me to Korea. But the problem was I was going to be there for two years without my family. And so when I realized I was going to miss a significant portion of my kid's life as well as, you know, to be there for them. I started to just kind of sit back and think to myself, exactly what am I doing? What is my end goal? What is my definition of success? And so, of course, after a couple of bottles of wine or so, you know, my wife and I kind of figured it out was that I didn't have a dream of being an admiral in the Navy, nor did I have some dream of, of accomplishing a particular mission or set goal in the military. I was just going through life and it was causing me to have to make a lot of sacrifices sacrifices that we as a family didn't want to have to continue to do. So at that point, we said to ourselves, what is the definition of success for our life? Was it to get out of the military and to take on another, you know, nine to five job or something that was making me travel anyways? I mean, that would just be going from one thing right to the same thing, but just calling it something different. Right. So at that point, we looked at what what we could do and some of the options, and I started to learn about this thing about making money online. <laughs> I mean, I laugh about it now because it sounds so ridiculous, and I remember shaking my head about it like, all right, whatever. This is something that like you know a, a greasy car salesman would tell me I could do or what have you. Looks like uh, an infomercial the- on uh, late night TV. Look, you can make money online. Right, exactly. And the thing about it was, I think the major reason why I ended up succeeding in it was because I found one thing, one person who I don't think he does online marketing anymore. um, And he had a free book. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to commit to doing this one thing. And I'm going to do it really hard. And I'm going to put in enough effort. And my definition of success for this is to prove that I actually made money online. That was it. And so uh, his name was Jeff Usner. And I I read his book and I I followed it. And really what he created was create this niche website and set up some advertisements, you know, and drive people there and they'll click on affiliate links and you'll make some money. Well, I spent like two, maybe three months really digging hard and trying this thing. And I ended up making $1. (laughs) Hey, but it all starts with the first dollar, right? Absolutely. You know, to me, a lot of people would have said, wow, I wasted all that time. This thing is fake and would have moved on. To me, I was like, it happened. I, 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 I got a dollar. Now, I wish it was actually a physical dollar instead of like a digital dollar because I would have put that on my or something. <laughs> exactly. It would have been like Scrooge McDuck and his lucky dime, right? To me, I knew that it could be done. I just needed to do it better and I needed to be more efficient about it. And I think that was what started it off. And from that point on, it was about doing the work when I could with the goal of making a certain amount of money so that I could get out of the military. That's great. I read in uh, I read The Art of Nonconformity years ago. It's a great book by Chris Gillibo, um, who's he also runs World Domination Summit, a big conference I've been to. But in Art of Nonconformity, he says to make a major change in your life, like we're talking about here. Either the situation that you're in has to be so bad, you're willing to throw a lot away to make the jump to something different, or the grass on the other side of the hill has to be so green, you're willing to give up what you have now. And it sounds like that's kind of a combination of that when you were looking at ideas to get out of the military. And um, it's just a thing I find, I think a lot of people can relate to that, you know, is the grass green enough to take a jump or is what I'm dealing with right now bad enough to, to risk changing my life? 
And I think all of that started with with just defining what success was. I mean, we could have made another mistake by just getting out of the military and just taking on another job that was kind of the same thing. And when we knew what it was we were targeting, it made that transition from being a safe and secure paycheck to a entrepreneur paycheck, right? Which is a scary leap. But when we knew we hit that mark, we were confident enough to move forward. And that's been one of the best decisions we ever made as a family. Yeah, that's, you know, when I left my job, I uh, had a six month old at home. And like any good responsible dad, you know, I quit my job and sold my house and moved somewhere more expensive. So, <laughs> um, so I can relate to that. Yeah. So tell us more. So what did you do next? You, you earned that dollar that is unfortunately not framed on your wall. How did you get the next dollar? Well, at that point, what I loved doing was I loved building that niche website, but I wasn't a fan of advertisement. I It just wasn't my thing. It didn't feel like the best way for me to drive traffic to these websites. So instead, I started getting into search engine optimization, SEO. And I the best thing that I did for myself was I just tunnel visioned on the one skill, which is SEO. I spent a good couple of years just doing nothing but building SEO, building niche websites, doing SEO. So I would drive traffic from Google into the website. People would click affiliates and there would be an amount of money made. The problem was, was that although I was accomplishing those goals, I wasn't really making that much money. I mean, each website was bringing in maybe a hundred or $200 a month consistently. And that's great. But the problem though was we knew how much money I needed to make to support the family and get out of the military. And our goal was $10,000 a month. Well, I was either going to have to build a lot of niche websites uh, very quickly, or I needed to find a way to make more money with the traffic that I had. Uh, and some of these websites, I was getting about 15,000 people a month. Others, I was getting 5,000. So I needed to look at a better way to monetize them so I could get more out of the effort I was putting in. And I don't remember what it was, like the lightning that struck, but I realized that this niche website was about something, something specific, right? It was helping people with a pain point. It was either teaching them how to learn languages faster, or it was, you know, dealing with a certain sector of, of efficiency and effectiveness and six Sigma. But the point though was, was that these were areas where people wanted to learn. So I took all of the data, all of the content, and I formed it into a book and I used those websites to sell the book. And when I did that, I quickly like 10 times the amount of money that these websites were bringing in and it started to become these assets and I just kept building them up. And that's when things really started to take off. And I didn't shift focus from niche websites to an authority website until I really started to look at Amazon and I started to ask myself, why is it that Amazon chooses to show me this product over that product, right? I was basically starting to look at Amazon like it was a search engine, just like Google. And I started to apply that SEO skill that we talked about for Amazon. And when I did that, it was like, oh, it was like a whole new thing. And I just got really excited, dug down, and I decided to share all of those findings in my website, Kindlepreneur. And that was a whole new level for me. That's awesome. So what were your, when you started writing those or creating those books, it sounds like you put them together with existing content. You didn't just write all new content. What was that process like figuring out how to piece together the first books that you sold? Well, the fun thing about having a niche website that has traffic coming in is you can quickly look at the content that you have that seems to be the most popular, 
the things that people truly spend the most time reading or the most people coming to it. And from there, you can start to get what it truly is they want. You can also lose, use uh, Google Analytics to figure out a little bit more about that market too. Are they older? Are they younger? Is it predominantly female, male? These were great things for me to be able to put into the book cover that I designed, into the book description that I made. So it was like having a website gave me all the insight to the market I was going to write for. And it really helped me to put together not only a book that helped them solve their pain point, but a really good book that they were truly enjoying. And when you do that, you have happier customers and better reviews. And next thing you know, Amazon's pushing your book. And so you've you've got buyers from your website and buyers from Amazon. And it's a wonderful relationship between the two. Where do you find in your experience you get the most sales from? Is it from that internal Amazon search, people who are already looking to buy a book? Or is it for people who found your website because they're looking to learn about a topic and then find the book? Well, I think a lot of that depends on the subject itself. Sometimes there's a subject where you're like, you know, I just want a book. You know, it just it's obvious to you that you need a book. But sometimes the subject matter can be something where the person is just, oh, you know, like it, it may start with something as innocent like how do I tie my tie? And then all of a sudden as they start researching and then this is a, an example that doesn't exist, but say they start looking at how to tie tie, they may ask themselves as they're reading it, wow, look at all these different knots. And, and different types of ties, and there's the skinny and the fat, and I don't even know the terms for these. I need to and learn the start... double Windsor. I, that's the one. Right. I, I know the single. <laughs> or right, the and, as, <laughs> and as they start digging into this world, they start realizing there's so much more to learn, and their intrigue has been, you know, has been accentuated, and they're ready for more. And that's when you're primed to be able to say, oh, you want to learn everything there is about ties. You know, you want to be the cool cat, cat at your... Uh, at the water cooler this, you know, this week, check this out. And so, so you could, so sometimes they think a book and so I'll make more money directly from that. Or sometimes it's a subject matter that you have to kind of cultivate that interest and drive them towards the book. But I'll tell you this though, I don't sell any of my books directly on the website. I still just direct them straight to Amazon because for me, although you could use other programs and sell directly, I think that when you have a niche website where, you know, the person doesn't personally know you or that person isn't directly on the website, it's sort of like a safety net to say, oh, but don't worry about buying from this website you just found. Go to Amazon. You've got an account. It's easy. Just click. And next thing you know, you, you bought it. A one click delivery. That's, that's a dangerous thing that they've turned on for the personal finance side, but great for you <laughs> selling products. That's make right. It, Never drink wine and Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah, I like that. I've not <laughs> heard that one before, but that's a very good uh, good piece of advice. The worst, I was on, uh, I was at my parents' house on Prime Day, and um, I got some weird looks from family members who do not use Amazon like I do, and they're like, what are you doing staring at your phone? I was like, oh, there could be a deal in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. So for when you're trying to come up with something new, like let's say you're, you know, in your head, whatever your next product, your next book idea is, do you build a new niche site first and then create the book? Or do you, at this point, now that you've done it a few times, just go straight to the book? Actually, I prefer to do the niche website first. And the reason why I do that is I like to validate the idea before I start investing all the time creating the book. So I know that as an SEO, I can easily figure out, hey, 
this is a subject that I can rank for, and this feels like a subject that people would be willing to spend money on some type of product or some type of result. So I will go and start building that website. And instead of also building a book and hope, hoping that I can convert a Google traveler to a book buyer, instead I will use Amazon Associate and I will link to a pre-existing book that's on the subject. Now through Amazon Associate, I can quickly tell if people are converting, right? Because I can see that somebody clicked my affiliate link to this book. I can see whether they bought it or maybe they chose a different book, but I can see anything they bought within 24 hours of clicking the link. So I've got really good insight on the buying habits of the people who've gone through my niche website. And when I've finally seen that there's a particular book or a couple of books that I am converting into buyers for, then I'll say, okay, great. I'm just going to write a better book now. And then it's, it's almost like I validated the time, effort, and money that would be required to create a better book, to beat out the competitors, to have a better book cover and so forth. And after that, it's just kind of cutting out the middleman and making more than just my little tiny 7% from Amazon Associate. Instead, I start making the 70% on the cost of the book. Right, so you know, for, for what you do for validation, you're creating that website – that is, for a lot of people, the end game. So, obviously, you have some tricks that you've picked up along the way to make the website creation and the SEO part work better. You know, what are you seeing today you know, as, as SEO is always changing? What's working really well for you today when building these websites to test out your book ideas? The truth is, is that SEO really hasn't changed. The right SEO hasn't changed over the past four-plus years. It's always coming down to making sure that you have naturally written content that may be centered on certain words that you know are your targets, but not over the top. And finally, it's about backlinks. Cold and simple here is that getting, you know, guest posting, having links inside of, of other people's content that points to it, that's, that's it. All of these other crazy things that people will focus on I mean, if you're trying to rank number one for like how to lose weight, sure, you may have to do everything the experts talk about. However, comma, for the, you know, low hanging fruit, it really just takes a little bit of prioritization, good content, and a couple of backlinks to juice it up and make Google say, hey, this is the best thing here. We should put it at the top. That's great. And that's, yeah, that's true. The tried and true, if you, create awesome content that is worthy of people linking to and then do a little bit of promotion to get those links that you should hopefully have earned through your good content it's um it does seem to work you know where you know all the that black hat stuff eventually comes back to bite people and um it, it's not good times <laughs> it really does and that's one of the things i've never i've never felt any what we call the google slaps you know, when they have the new panda update or hummingbird or other inject other, you know, Cute animals animal name. The P. <laughs> yeah, penguin, right? When they had those come out, it was no big deal. It didn't affect me. I, I saw a lot of people whose businesses just overnight just went gone. And for me, because I wasn't trying anything, I wasn't doing crazy things like PBNs or, you know, these um, uh, <laughs> SAPE links or any of these other cra crazy link wheels. I just did my thing. And over time, those guys got booted out. And every one of my niche websites and book connections, they've all just continued to make the same amount of money. So it's been wonderful building. And again, I credit all of that to the beginning days where I just chose 
the one traffic skill for me, and that was SEO. Now, that's not to say that SEO is the greatest thing, right? There are a lot of people that are probably making more money than me doing, you know, becoming Facebook ad masters or, you know, insert other traffic skill. But because I focused on the one, I've been able to apply it to things like a niche website, an authority website, my software, and that has helped each one of those projects be successful. That's awesome. So along the way, which topic for a website and book did you find just to be the most fun to learn about and work on? Oh, well, I'm going to have to go with Kindlepreneur, my authority website. And a lot of that was because it was the first time that I actually put myself out there. It was scary, you know, because here I am a person now instead of just being able to hide behind a pen name and some kind of niche website. But that's been probably the hardest one and the one that's forced me to grow the most. But I think if we're talking niche websites, my upcoming project is one I'm very excited about, which is for a science fiction book I intend to write. Ooh. Most, most people are probably thinking like, how do you, how do you SEO a sci-fi fiction book, right? Well, I found that one of the best ways to convince people to buy your fiction book is when you've related it to other books that they really find to be great, okay? So in this case, if say, have you uh, by any chance read the book Ready Player One? I have not read that one. Oh, it's coming out on on a uh, movie. Steven Spielberg is directing it. Just bought the rights, and they just showed the trailer. It's super cool. It's it's my favorite book. Well, a lot of people after reading it are like, oh my goodness, you know, like I want to read more books like this, and they start going to Google and they start saying books like Ready Player One or you know books, you know, or some other type of terms that are basically saying, hey, if you liked Ready Player One, then you'll love this. And so you start seeing these lists come up, you know, um, best sci-fi cyberpunk, you know, which is another way to describe it. And you'll see these lists and you'll see, you know, things like Neuromancer, Snow Crasher, uh, uh, Ready Player One and so forth. So for me, I'm going to create a website that does really well in trying to basically say the top 10 books of, you know, on cyberpunk, you know, and mm -hmm. top 10 books of sci-fi military and things like that. And so that way people can kind of start to garner whether or not I know what I'm talking about. If I'm listing terrible books, they ain't going to give me a uh, peace of mind. But as you get these sci-fi junkies in there or so, hopefully seeing my work and seeing, you know, what I think about the books that I've written and so forth, there will be some type of parallel. It's going to be experiment. Who knows? Maybe yeah. it fails, but at least it will be a traffic generating niche website. <laughs> and if it works well, you could you know, turn it into a series because with fiction, if you write three of them, then you could uh, have, have a teen movie series and make a hundred million dollars. <laughs> hey, absolutely. But you know, for me, it's always trying to find a way, a way to use the skills that I have to build a, a product that is in need. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. So for people who, and we've already mentioned the name, but for people who want to connect with you, they want to learn more, where should they go? If you have any questions or so about anything, uh, if you go to kindlepreneur.com, I've got a contact page there and uh, just hit me up there. To this day, I still answer all those questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. And I am 
excited. Now I have to go check out a book and an upcoming movie and maybe start a bunch of niche web niche websites and, and write some books. We'll, we'll see what happens next. <laughs> Sounds good, Eric. And I tell you what, if uh, Ready Player One is not uh, one of your top 10 after reading it, I will send you a case of beer. Well, that is that's quite a uh, quite a recommendation. I'm going to have to go pull out my Kindle and hit download. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Take care. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have to say I love that story. How cool is it that Dave was able to transition from a military career where he was facing going overseas and being away from his family to what he's doing now, working from home with his family, just like me, with plenty of time for his kids. I think that's just so, you know, so representative of what we're all about here at Personal Profitability. So you can check out show notes from this episode, personalprofitability.com slash episode 68. As always, if you enjoyed what you heard, please head to wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a rating and a review so other people can discover the show. And if you have a moment and you know someone who might enjoy it, please share it with a friend. So that's all we have for this time. Thanks for sticking around till the end. And until next time, stay profitable.